with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway and Matt Damon. Matt Damon and who's his daughter? I don't know. Place the daughter. Nobody cares. Actually, she was really good. I thought she was the best of all of them. And Alfred was in it. Alfred. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kane, Michael Kane. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was a solid intro to episode fifty-two. We're just going to go ahead and, and leave that in. Good. Because it accurately sums up what we're talking about today. Uh, as you might have guessed, Justin is not with us because he's dead, but we uh, went inside a bookshelf and we, we found somebody in the bookshelf, so he's on the podcast with us now. Some old guy who's hiding in a bookshelf. Hmm. It's Justin, aged yeah. 40 Justin, years. I transport. I'm back from Mars, and I'm now Justin, 40 years older. Justin went through the time dilation field. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get to that. But uh, as with all the confusing movies, I have written a list of questions. Justin, are you still a software developer? Uh, I've graduated. I'm a supervisor of software okay. developing. Okay. Oh, good. Just checking. So now you're like a, the NASA engineer of software development? I am. So I they am let me. you pick up right <clears throat> where you left off. Saturn was such a nice drive-by. Drive-by? Mm-hmm. Out there with Fly the by. boys? Okay. Yep. Fly-by. Shooting, shooting hose, popping yep. fools? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. So like I was saying, I wrote down a bunch of questions because this movie was really confusing to me, and it made me angry. Very confusing. So the way this game is played is that we go through the list of questions and try to answer them, uh-huh. and they're going chronological order, so it's a good vehicle for discussing the movie. It worked pretty well with the Transformers movies because we didn't know what was going on. Which I wasn't invited to. We you didn't. You didn't want country. to be invited oh, to that. Well, I could have done this when I was traveling. No, you'd always dial in. But you didn't want to be invited to you, talk no. about the Transformers, oh, the Transformers with Michael Bay. And yeah. all, oh no. no Thank you. Thank you for one, sparing me that. Yeah. There's only one non-Michael Bay Transformers movie. It's the cartoon one. Yeah. The rest of them. Are, are, those are good. They're all Michael Bay. The rest all right. of them. Good. I'm glad you didn't invite me. Whoa, Justin just changed his opinion about the original Transformers movie. Oh yeah, Justin. Did you like the original Transformers movie? I did. Okay. The cartoon one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What a reversal in your opinion. 40 years must have given you a long time to think. I had to think about that a long time, about the Transformers, as I went out of the solar system and back in. All right. Let's let's begin. I have have my first question here. Is that... uh, Oh, we forgot his dad. His dad is Jonathan Lithgow. Or his stepdad. No, his father-in-law. Let's see. He played on... uh, What was that program? Third Rock from the Sun. Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Oh, he didn't look like it, though. No, I had had a hard time placing him for a while. He's super old now. Yep. Uh, He opens his laptop and blows the dust off it, and it's got like a a techno map of the Earth, but everything else is ruined, but they have like some kind of futuristic Earth map program as soon as you open up your laptop. I didn't understand what that was. Maybe it was just locally stored on his... Was that a weather thing? I think it was because they're all farmers... Yeah, they're yeah. all they're all making and, corn. Yeah, and I think that it was locally stored on his laptop's hard drive or whatever, and they're they use like windmills to power batteries and shit. I just didn't understand yeah. what the program was for because it was like a futuristic map of the whole Earth and not just like here's the Midwest or something. I think they were they were trying to figure out like the weather patterns because I get they're they're living in like this second dust bowl dust kind bowl. of era mm-hmm. so they're i guess they're tracking like the movements of like the dust clouds or whatever fucks up their crops or the the blight oh yes the yeah unexplained blight right yeah but that you know that that was a good point because that's part of what the movie could have been so much better if it spent more time at the beginning 
you know, highlighting the plight of the current earth and its inhabitants. I mean, you kind of deduce there's a dust bowl. You kind of deduce that they're now growing corn versus any other crop. But it doesn't have any, they didn't do any time, they didn't spend any time on what impact does that have on the human race, other than it's running out of time and everybody's going to die, which seems like a big leap from where they were. I don't know. I thought they did a pretty good job of... You're disagreeing with me? Yeah, because I thought they actually did give a good... They can't spend, like, half the movie on that. They gave you a pretty good picture of what's happening to the human race is that, like, they don't let people become scientists and thinkers anymore because they need people to farm corn, which is, like, probably the most boring job to have to smart people. And they live in the Dust Bowl, and they have to, like, burn their crop fields to keep the blight from going away or uh, coming and killing their crops and stuff, and they can't use any high technology anymore because they lack the power to do it. Their houses are covered in dust. I thought it painted a pretty effectively bleak picture. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> it seemed like to me that um, they could have been... Yeah, I agree with all that, but the there, blade... wasn't, there wasn't any discussion on what impact that has on civilization like are people willingly becoming farmers are people dissenting are people uh, upset with governments around the world you know there's no civil view of this what what the impact is on civilization it's kind of local i don't know i think they could have done a little bit better job painting the picture of what the current situation was on earth but you know that's just me i think the the least effective part of the whole movie in terms of like the scientific underpinnings and the story was this blight thing they didn't really explain that at all. It's just like a, like some kind of crop plague, and somehow it also depletes the oxygen in the atmosphere, so everybody's going to choke to death. And yeah. I didn't think that that was realistic at all. They had some real technology fuck-ups, which is kind of right after they get done talking about, oh, you know, the weather's coming and neighbor guy's burning his crops because the blight. They find the Indian drone on their way to school. Like yeah. the Indian Predator drone, which number yeah. one raises the question of how is India not destroyed by whatever ruined the United States? Uh, presumably a country that can't feed itself now would be extra fucked up. No, I can explain light. this one, too. Oh, okay. Is, it's not a Predator drone, first. It's like some mapping drone. It, but it looks like a Predator drone. Right. It has the generic drone design, like the the wingtip thing in the back and all that. It, it looks like that. But they said that it was from like the... Indian, like some kind of aeronautic agency or something, and it was just flying around. Like nobody's controlling it anymore; it's just going on its own steam because I guess like they have their solar powered or something. Yeah, it's a solar powered jet engine, which makes so the Indian people had like India had shut down their air force any kind of programs with this like years ago, but they apparently this thing just kept flying around randomly, so it comes across and they're like, "Oh shit, we're gonna catch it." No, I, I had a different view. I thought I thought India had sent it up to map and look at what other countries are doing relative to crops and crop yields and all that stuff. And I thought they were looking for the gravity distortion because <clears throat> apparently they're near Cheyenne Mountain within driving distance, and that's where the big secret project Ooh, is. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that's that. That's what I thought, and the yeah. drone got its shit all fucked up when it found it, and now it was discombobulated. Right. No. It still doesn't explain how the solar power jet engines work. I'm not going to let that go. But even there, like, okay, he drives off. They, they go through acres and acres of cornfield to finally get it. And what does he do with it? He takes it apart. <laughs> so, and? I think he wanted the power cells, what he said. 
Really? Yeah. yeah. I must have missed that. He said we were going to do something socially responsible with it, like power the whole farm or something. And did they? Because I, I never saw anything. No, they didn't. Yeah. All right. Well, that was kind of a loose end. It wasn't, part of, yeah, it wasn't yeah. part of the story. I think it was just put in there to highlight how desperate they are because they're willing to take down some errant Indian drone that just randomly flew over their cornfields. Yeah, I think, so, that, I think that, you know, actually that word is a good one, Grant, that... Um, it didn't feel like they were desperate yet. And that's what the movie, for me, got a little unhinged at the beginning. It didn't feel like they were a generation away from being dead. It needed to be more suspense around the, around the earth dying, which didn't quite come together for me at the beginning. No. There's a lot of stuff in here that doesn't make any sense, though. Like the teacher who honestly believes the Apollo landing was faked to bankrupt the Soviet Union. But, okay. And I get that they did that right. as a revisionist history thing to yeah, make people propaganda. forget about space and start farming corn. Right. I understand that. And the teacher's young, so of course she probably was brought up reading the same shit and believes it, or she's just in on the, you know, knows the fixes in and is just, you know, keeping the kids calm. It's the same people that are going to vote for Trump believe that there was no Apollo launch. Same thing. People believe what they're being spoon-fed. Right. They rewrote all the textbooks to say that, you know, it was because of people wanting excess and wanting to live, you know, I guess the American lifestyle. Well, like, actually, everybody on Earth wants to live like that, and that's what caused the giant, you know, the catastrophe. To that point, John Lithgow says that. It's like when I was a young man, so I assume he's supposed to be born in, like, the 80s or something, so he's... Yeah, I took it that this movie is set like in the mid 21st century. Yeah, so he John yeah, Lithgow so, is an yeah. old guy now. He was probably a millennial, quote unquote. He's like they were inventing something new, you know, every day, and they were spending all this money on doing dumb shit. And the government was just like, "Yeah, great, here, do whatever you want." And then people, the overconsumerism kind of ruined it. I guess they got a second dust bowl because they overfarmed the crops or something. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what happens when yeah, you overfarm. They they rotate crops. I you got to. They didn't rotate crops, I assume. Or just that, you know, they had gotten to the point where the population is so high and they are consuming so much that they they could not rotate crops and still support the same level of consumption and population. That's how I took it. That, like, you know, they just they threw away any kind of notion of, hey, we're going to try to conserve this just because, you know, th the rapid consumerism. They just let the whole thing go and... You know, there's physically not enough land for them to See, put they, enough shit they keep on. Talking about how all this is like bleak and shit, but later on they have giant harvester combines that are run by GPS, autopilot, flawless computers, but no MRIs. They have enough fuel to drive their cars around with absolutely no point, and yet the world is destroyed. You know, there's absolutely no advanced technology, but we understand what a drone is. Well, no, they have advanced technology, and I, and I understand that, yeah, any resources they would have that can take advantage of technology, they would be deployed towards farming. I mean, that makes sense to me, that, yes, if that's the only GPS system they have working, it's going to be used on, like, automatic harvesters to make sure they get the most food possible, since that's clearly the the thing that they're racing against. But if the space program was a fake, how does GPS work? I don't know. Maybe that's in their revisionist history book. Yeah, I'm, but... I'm calling bullshit on Christopher Nolan's dark and scary future world. He didn't think this through exactly. 
like a little bitch and tried to make some money off his movie. Which I can't believe that Ford missed the opportunity to have their truck be the only survivor instead of Dodge. It's just it's Although shameful. the gasoline could have been ethanol. Right. Corn. That's how I took it. It's like running, everything's running off corn fuel. Still, and though, that requires a lot of effort still, to refine. But I agree with you. It's, it, again, it doesn't all hang together at the beginning of the movie. But I get the, I get the outcome, which is Earth's dying, the human race is in jeopardy. And they, they need to set sail for the stars to see if there's another place they can habitate. I get that. It uh, could have gotten there a different way in a more, I thought, engaging way. But The Yankees are still overrated, so that's it's realistic. And Alex Rodriguez is still playing shortstop. Amazing. <laughs> um, I thought the dust storm was a little stupid because how could they have possibly missed the dust storm that's like 18 miles high coming over the stadium? But... Well, you know, whatever. I think it's realistic, too, though, because you read stories about the real Dust Bowl, and that's pretty much what happened. They came out of nowhere, and that's how people got covered in dust and got, like, the, um, what they call it, like, dust lung or some shit, where they basically choked to death on, like, the soot in the air. Well, we'll talk about Dr. Eric Foreman later and his dust lung powers. No, no, no. I mean in real life. Yeah, I know in, the real dust lung. Yeah, yeah. The the dust bowl that's what happened. Then these things came out of nowhere. But it looked more like a shamal, which is a sandstorm from the Middle East. I mean, I think that's probably just for a theatrical effect. It's not like many people living today have experienced a real dust bowl. You know what? I would have been unless fine. You're in the Midi, unless you're in the mid-central part of the United States, who they routinely still have them. I would have been okay with it being an actual ghost movie. But before I finished writing down that thought, his daughter brings him a glass of pure, clean water. After everything is ruined, their tap water is still a-okay. Well, they probably have a well. They're on a farm. That's what I think. Yeah, but how or maybe they're collecting rain water or something. But all the dust and shit. Maybe, maybe they have, have filters. filters. I mean, they, they're, inge- they're established that he and his family are among the most ingenious of people still around. Right. They, this guy's like a former NASA pilot, and he's clearly very, very smart because he's so pissed about them not letting his son go on to do better things and be a farmer. And his daughter's like an uber genius. Yeah, but his son grows up to be not Ben Affleck, so... Yeah, I know. But, I mean, that's low technology. You can make a filter and have a rain collector and stuff. Yeah, that didn't bother me Again, too much. Again, they, they could have established this. I'm just saying there's a lot of disjointedness between agree, like, the world's shit, but this is fine. No, it's the disjointedness, I think, is because it starts as a soft science fiction movie and it moves, it tries to transition really hard into a hard science fiction movie. Like, soft science fiction would be like they didn't explain any of this stuff, like why it is the way it is, and then they try to transition and like to, you know, really explaining, like, oh, it happened because this gravitational equation and you move the event horizon, yeah. right? I guess that was so, my problem, is that the movie really quickly went from, like, it's a bleak future to, hey, TARS, match the rotational speed of us. Let's, like, calculate the gimbal in our heads using math. We're going to explain the whole equation to you. But the water in the tap is fine because the story makes me angry as a movie watcher. Yeah, it was disjointed. I, I think that's a good word. Um, However, I thought, I thought the more redeeming part of the movie was, which I didn't get it, and maybe I'm the slow learner here, the... Books being pushed out well, early? We'll get, to, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. Because I thought that was that was a, actually a pretty good yeah. loop from where that was when she was a child to 
him doing it when he's trying to reach her when he's in space. Yeah, we'll get to that. I thought that was pretty cool. That's at the end, though. Yeah, that's at the end. You have more questions, though. Yes, because right now we're at NORAD. All right. I, I just, I'm still stuck in this world is ruined, but they have, like, a conference room that opens dramatically into a James Bond villain secret lair. Like, Michael Caine cues the whole door, like, the whole wall slides back and opens up to his rocket ship lair. But that plays into the modern world of paranoia about government. Government, the government's bad, and government, there's too much government. Oh, and all I, these secret things no. are going on. You can fund things, which is actually pretty immature. But um, I took it as government is a force for good and can be a force for good. And I think that's what they were trying to do. I took it as that if you have, is this the Bernie Sanders podcast now? No, I'm just, I'm just saying. There's a lot of cynics out there around the role of government. I didn't think it had anything to do with that. I just think they were establishing that, oh, the rest of the world, you know, they have everybody else is trying to be a farmer, and this is like the last thing we have that's really technologically advanced. This is the, like basically our last stab at our space program and any kind of exploration, and we've repurposed it to study this blight thing and to try to create a solution to get people off the planet. And so it makes sense to me that the fact that it's NASA and that's like the last NASA thing, it makes sense that that's like the last nice thing that they're going to have. Or it's going to be, you know, they're going to have that nice fancy conference room and all that and all those resources where the rest of the people are living in like, you know, their dust bowl shacks and stuff. I'm fine with them having their little sealed up environmental science lab and shit, but that he has like a James Bond villain door installed. It just seems a little stupid. Dramatic effect. It's just design choices. It's I style mean, over yeah. substance, though. Again, if you're going to have like your hard sci-fi movie, they need to open a big airlock. And but they were all underground. With a sound effect, like I mean, they like open a you know a big security door, not like here's my remote control garage door that flips the conference room wall up. And by the way, check out how we didn't make any hydroponic farms because the blight feeds off nitrogen. Okay. So then doesn't mean the oxygen in the atmosphere should kill it. Like, you know, just but a, a the, movie that jerks off so hard to science. But that's why the at, these little science. That's films. why it's eating the atmospheres because it's feeding off the nitrogen and people can't breathe Ooh. like a certain percentage oxygen only atmosphere. That's the that was the point they were making. Right, it's like a terrarium. Yeah. Over time, Earth's superheating. A lot of green plants. The mix no. of the air. No, no, no. That's not how it works. It's just, it's like. Did I fail biology one hundred and one? I thought he was saying the blight was eating all these crops, like it was some kind of fungus creature. Or whatever. Okay, that's the thing that I critique about this movie is the the blight thing because one, it eats the crops and it eats the. The atmosphere. the atmosphere. So it like it seems really weird that some kind of virus or whatever it is would evolve to like eat stuff in the atmosphere and like a plant. That's what I don't understand. Especially if it's feeding off nitrogen, then that's good because you can breathe pure oxygen. That's what Michael Caine was saying, is that like, oh the earth is only, you know, twenty percent oxygen, eighty percent nitrogen. The blight loves it, it loves nitrogen. Yum yum yum. So great, eat all the uh, nitrogen. We can breathe pure oxygen. But he was, and stuff he was lying. He was lying about that. I thought he was lying about the gravity equation. He, he was, was lying, lying about everything. He he right. lied to Cooper to get him to <laughs> go on go. the mission. Right. And like, I don't think Cooper's a pilot, so he's not really up to date. I think on like 
you know, atmospheric science or anything, but I take it that like, you know, you can't live long term just breathing pure oxygen. Like that's why the mixture in the atmosphere is the way it is and that we're evolved to breathe that. I'm pretty sure you can breathe pure oxygen indefinitely. Football players do. People on the space station do too. There's no nitrogen up there. Right. <clears throat> Who knows? Just, anyway. I, I would have preferred they skipped the whole first 45 minutes and just started in space because all the shit on Earth was fucking stupid. I, don't, I disagree because that connects to the whole rest of the movie. You know, like with his daughter and them actually solving the problem in the end of the movie. Like, you have to have all that stuff on Earth established. I think you can compress that down to like 15 minutes. Or the other way, I agree, there needs to be a connection, but it could have been a lot tighter. Could have been a lot better, more um, exciting, connected opening. Yeah, but you guys, you guys are saying you want more detail about what's going on on Earth, and now you're saying it needs to be tighter. No, it's no, like no, you got to choose one or the other. If you're going to spend all your time doing this meandering horse shit, <clears throat> then you've wasted your 45 minutes. But if you're going to tell a solid, tight story about what's happening on Earth with make explanations, then make the beginning spend, count. Yeah, spend your time wisely. Don't jerk me around and then say, "Now we're in space." And now it's all about hardcore science. All right, transitioning to... Taurus has a friend that he talks to with his voice instead of just computer talking. Minor point, but not very... I don't remember that. The other robot. I don't see why they wouldn't Case. Just, just speak oh, you know, yeah. with Wi-Fi yeah. or something. Why Actually, they I thought the robots talk. were cool. I liked the robots a lot. Yeah. The robots were really cool. I thought I that was them. a great choice, the design, because we're yeah. so used to seeing the anthropomorphized robots. The what? Robots that look like people. Oh, anthro. Yeah, robots that look like, or robots that are, you know, like the C-3PO type robot. Okay, yes, I get They're that. meant to imitate people, whereas this robot's just like a big, it's like a Jenga block. And what is it, so, anthro? Anthropomorphize. It's like assigning human qualities okay. to right. in, inanimate things. Like anthropology. You guys are my kids. Seriously? These are smart. Anthro, wow. human, and Greek. Okay, got it. I didn't take um, Latin. Well, it's Greek. Oh, didn't take Greek either. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, thought, the, I thought the robots were cool. I liked how they were monoliths. Yeah. So, yeah. so nice callback. Nice 2001 callback. I, like I thought it. they were kind of dumb until uh, later in the movie when Tars, or is it Case? I can't remember which one. I think it's Tars runs like a horse to get away from Jason Bourne's crash spaceship when he's trying to get on the ship and they're escaping Matt Damon's planet. And he, he starts galloping, like his four legs working together instead of him just kind of awkwardly moving around. Well, he, he, uh, he goes pretty fast when they're on the water planet, too, because they're trying to get away from the giant yeah, tidal he, he wave. Yeah, he rolls like a big... Yeah. I don't even know. While he's carrying the, you know, uh, Anne Hathaway. I thought he had the cargo. personality. Yeah. I, thought the, I thought the programming, whatever program they put into the case, I thought, I thought he was... Um, what's the word I'm searching for here? I thought he was funny. He was uh, snarky, a little snarky. Well, yeah, and Cooper, Cooper tells him, like, you know, adjust your sarcasm level or yeah, something. I thought, that, to... I thought that was good. That was one of those stronger points of the movie. I think he said they are marine robots, like marines, like military. Marine, military? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. Anne Hathaway tells him that's all the government could spare to guard their secret laboratory thing was mm -hmm. an old military robot. Didn't he, like, pull a gun on them when they first show up at the place he tased yeah he tases one of them yeah. yeah speaking of Anne Hathaway yes are we out of sequence no I just her role 
could have been so much better. Yeah. She was underwhelming. Not, uh, not her herself, but the role was underwhelming. But I think a lot of the roles in the movie were underwhelming. Yeah, there's wow. too many people. Come like, on. brutally underwhelming. My uh, next question was their water hydroponic sleepy chamber thing doesn't ruin their skin. I Just a random question, because whenever you spend a long time in the water, your skin gets all fucked up. They were slathered in SK2 or Olay Total Effects. Uh, okay, whatever. They cover themselves in Vaseline. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I also didn't get why he wasted all that fuel to stop the spin so that guy could look at the, the wormhole. It just seemed like they're so tight on everything, and he's like, oh, sure. Probably because they had dizzy. they had more than enough at that point, so why not? That's what I figured. See, I thought that too, but then I remembered Matthew McConaughey's big speech about how like now everything's a resource and this is going to be a big deal and time's a resource and you can't waste any of it. He's like a real Nazi about it. This is before they go into the wormhole. Mm-hmm. The 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 black scientist guy is like, it's making me dizzy. Can I get a good look at? It? He's like, sure. We'll stop the spinning on the ship. Turn the gravity off. Which cost him. Many months. Well, I'm just thinking that that's like, you're so tight on fuel and shit, but you're going to waste it because the one guy wants to look at it yeah. and not get, you know, car sick. Got to get that nice visual yeah, for the Yeah, I movie. guess you got to get Because it's a movie. The visual yeah. porn in there. So they, they get onto the other side, and they say in the beginning of the movie, or when they're in NASA, the beard scientist guy says, or white beard man, because I guess they both have beards, says that we can get some data back, but it's just like, little binary blips like found a planet but when they get there they're like oh that planet next to the black hole that seems like a great place for all of humanity to go that's that totally not going to be a bad thing to do i just didn't get the logic of that well there's like seven planets near this black hole right yeah but though there's one that is so close to it they're affected by relativity to the tune of seven hours as a, as a year or something or one hour seven years yeah yeah is they spend 23 years down there, but... Yeah, they... that I thought that that whole visit to that planet could have been cut out of the movie, and it would have made... Because my main critique of this movie is that it's too long. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was too long. They could have cut that whole sequence out of the movie where they go to that water planet, because it really didn't change anything. Like, all that happened in the end of it they was... They blew time. Yeah, they just blew time, and the... Uh, somebody died. One yeah, of the guys, white beard guy, right? Died. The guy that went down with them died. He died really stupidly too, because yeah. he's right next to the ship and says, "Hey, Tars, go get Anne Hathaway." And then he stands there like, "Hmm, can't yeah, get on the ship." That's all that really changes. But that guy didn't really mean anything anyway. No, he he was played. Useless. He played no role except to be a red shirt. Um, it didn't make. Yeah, yeah that just didn't make I, I any just, sense to especially me. Especially because you can observe tidal patterns from orbit on Earth, like they didn't see the fact that hey. This black hole is making these enormous gravity disturbances where like 300-foot waves, like the waves from um, the other asteroid movie, Deep Impact. Yeah. Like all the time. Well, I just thought that they're going, they're establishing that all this time dilation stuff happens because they're so close to the black hole by going to this planet. Why not? It's like nobody really knows what's in a black hole. So they have basically a blank slate to do whatever they want with the effects of going into a black hole. They could have just cut out that entire planet from the movie and just kind of made up the science about like, hey, like this much time passed because you went through the black hole. We didn't right. think that was actually going to happen. Sorry. I agree. And, yeah. there, and therefore, they could have spent more time developing the relationship of Matthew McConaughey's character and Anne Hathaway's character. Because that is the big flaw in the movie. He goes back 
to meet her or get her or live with her. Jumping ahead. And yeah, I know, but it's all that stuff is wasted on. Would it be easier for you to hold that in your hand? You can take it out of the nope. mount and hold it. No, it's just these chairs are really uncomfortable. Okay. Well, sorry, um, you bought them. I know. Bad choice. Bad choice. Anyway. Yep. But if they cut out that part of the movie, they could have spent more on the crew and the relationship among the crew members, which would spawn a love affair, which would make sense at the end about why he was returning. Why does there to have space. to be a love interest? Well, there doesn't have to be, but yeah. there's they a presumption the at the end that yeah. he's going back. I didn't take it as that he was going back because she was like his love interest. I took it he was going back because, you know... She's all alone on that planet, and she is part of his crew on the mission, and he's going back to help her. That's what I took it as. I didn't take it that way. And also, like, he's a person out of time when he comes. Right. It's like, what is he going to do in, like, the new, like, era or whatever when, you know, everything's been saved? Sign sneaker deals? Yeah. No, I mean, what is he going to do? Like, fly, be a pilot? It's like, clearly, by the end of the movie, they show you they already have a ton of those. It's like, I don't. Okay. I didn't get that. We'll, we'll get there in the end. I yeah. have many questions about that. Uh, oh, yeah, the ship leaks water, but it's also airtight. I didn't get Where? that at all. The, when they get hit by the giant wave, water shoots into the ship. But as NASA found out several times, most recently with their shuttle Columbia, superheated air is very bad because it blows up your spaceship. So it has to be in such a way that you can't have leaks in your spaceship. It's very like it has a tendency to blow up. I think just because the wave that hit them wasn't it like they thought it was a mountain when they got there. It was so huge you know, that the, I, I the impact was that much but that now it, it's compromised. And they right. use that ship several times later to land on planets without it blowing up. Again, I'm just if it's a soft sci-fi movie, fine. Well, I've, you know, I've, we've seen enough movies where they fix things with duct tape and shit. I'm sure yeah. that's what happened. And you know, like they Apollo had, 13, come on. Right, they, had <laughs> they did one of those supply of bubble gum, so they went and. Right. Pushed it in the seals. Yeah, but the tension in Apollo 13 at the end is if the heat shield was damaged in the explosion from the oxygen tank. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this is another reason why true? they could have just... Was that a true story? No, it was all made up. That's what I thought. Yeah. It was all, it was all made up. I, I, again, I'm fine with it if they're going to make the movie consistently not scientific, but then they have so much goddamn science wanking about, like, here's our equation, here's the black hole, and this is how relativity works. And then aerodynamics, regular, you know, oxygen combustion, out the window. Well, most of the reviews that I read about this movie, actually, it did pretty well on the science, according to a lot of prominent scientists. Like, I read uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson and a bunch of other people. Yeah, and and he's qualified to talk about the black hole, but he is not, like, a regular... Well, and I was just going to say that a lot of NASA engineers also praised the way the movie handled like the spacecraft and the designs and things like that. And I think the guy who actually came up with the story for this movie and who was a consultant on it is like a, he's one of the guys who discovered gravitational waves at Caltech recently. Um, I can't remember his name, but he's been with this since the beginning and he was the science consultant on the movie. So I'm pretty sure like, because they had a lot of praise, they probably just made some trade-offs about what was going to be accurate and what was not, because I think that's what Nolan said. As long as it didn't interfere with the story, he was okay with making it 100% scientifically accurate. 
Yeah, but that's what I mean, though. You're taking all those pains, and then you're also saying... Well, it interfered with the story. If it, if the thing hadn't been watertight, they couldn't have gotten off the planet again. Again, I'm not, I, I'm not a scientist, and I'm not that uh, concerned about the scientific gaps. What I'm concerned about is the storyline. The storyline just didn't hang together. Yeah. It was, you know, therefore, you know, and I, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but, I, you know, I think this could have been an A, A-plus movie. Then ended up being a B B minus movie. Well, we'll get there in the end here. Okay. Notice I haven't, I haven't said anything about The Walking Dead until now. Yeah. Uh, the guy who stayed in the ship when they get back said it had been like twenty five years or something, but he doesn't look any older. Yeah, he did. Uh, not really. He had like a fucking beard and everything, and oh he my was God, he, he was like in his white. He was old. No, his beard was not white. I just watched the movie last night. Was it, it 25 like, years? Yeah, it had a little bit of gray in the corner, and he was already in middle age when they started. And then it's like, he's now 60-something, and he looks just like a guy who got a little bit of just-for-men touch of gray. But people age differently. I mean, it's not... Yeah, I don't look any different 20 years ago. N- no. Factually untrue. <laughs> people That's age differently. You too. There's people who are in their 60s who look at least 20 years younger. Right. That'd be me. Yeah. Yeah, I, again, thank you, Grant. Yeah, and just, it, there is a racial component to it. I mean, I don't want to get into that those waters, but it's like a lot of African American people do age a lot slower, it seems, than yeah, people know, of other races. I know the expression yeah. "black don't crack" like the yeah. good skin, but still, like the guy, it just looks like they gave him, they rubbed some chalk into part of his beard, and we're like, "All right, you're 65 now." It worked for me. I got it. Yeah, I bugged me because they made such a big deal about how much time had passed. What, uh, what made more impact about how much time had passed is when they were watching the videos from Earth. Oh, with Casey Aleph Leckie in Right, so that's yeah, why, like, the, good. The, the dude being on the ship, being uh, older, didn't really bother me because they reinforced the point by showing them all the videos where all their kids yeah. were adults and stuff. And Well, Matthew McConaughey is the adult, has the adult kids. Right. The other ones yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I was talking about his kids. No, They're okay. the only ones who send yeah, messages. He, he actually was good in those scenes. You got to talk right. He into was it. really good in those scenes. He, I like that. He scene was believable until in those scenes. The the Casey Affleck video ended, and then it was like that video was apparently playing the dramatic music because it was silent. Thereafter, I don't know. Just a, a weird editing choice that kind of bugged me. Test, 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 task. Hey, again, I'm willing to let Hard. it go if yeah. they're not going to give themselves so many self-award. They graded their own paper. They said, we made a great movie that's really accurate, and then they didn't. Also, how is Alfred not aged at all? What the fuck? Michael, I don't care about the... What do you mean? He aged horribly. Not really. He looked yeah. pretty similar. He's just in a wheelchair. No, he, well, he looked pretty dead in the hospital bed. Well, that was later. <laughs> when I thought that he aged. I Sorry. don't agree. Yeah, I... I believe that he aged a lot like now he should have he should have had a, he should have been a lot older looking and yes. he should have had the mannerisms of somebody that he was should a lot have older. been like a, a old crippled but, guy with an oxygen yeah, mask but it was it was good enough it was close enough for me oh they just put him in a wheelchair he, he maybe had an iron lung you don't know that <laughs> you can't leave the iron lung that's the whole point captain pike did no I, he was never he, in an he iron drove lung. us around with him though <laughs> yeah. Look, if they had put him in the Captain Pike chair, I would have surrendered all my complaints about this movie. Yeah, just well, just made him answer all of uh, Murph's questions with a yes or no beep about the equation. That would have been mm. 
I would have been down with that. Uh, I guess they didn't have enough money to hire Ben Affleck, so that, you know that's fine. But but uh, you know the point I think in the middle part of the movie where they're looking at to Grant's point, looking at the photos or the videos coming in from Earth about yeah. how the kids have changed, and the reactions of that Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey's reaction to that was first rate. I thought that was really good acting. Yeah, I did too. I thought that was a great scene. That like, was probably the strength of the movie right there. That was probably the core part I liked the best. Well, he's really, I think, the only strength of the movie. Everybody else doesn't really get much. That is like the whole. Yeah, it's true. That's true. the whole thing about the movie, though, is that it's really about his relationship with his daughter. That's the whole thing. Right. So that's why all bigger. the shit on Earth worked for me because mm-hmm. it connect. That's the thread that connected the whole movie. Yeah. And it's just on a tableau of sci-fi. That's it. Oh, sorry. I was giving my verdict on the film before prematurely. Uh, Matt Damon's planet. They couldn't see from orbit that it was a big gray alkali mess. Wait, wait, wait. I, but I, they I, got the data from the planet that showed uh, that it was habitable, so that's why they went down and explored it, because he was transmitting still. Yeah, you know, I understand he was sending them fake shit saying it's great down here, and then he has that no, bullshit no, 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 story. No, 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 That's not, no. They, they only went down there because he was still transmitting, not because they got any data from it. They, they got... He was the only person that went through the wormhole that was still transmitting, so they felt like they were obligated to go down there. And also, they made that choice, remember, that they didn't want to go to the Edmund guy's planet because they figured out that Anne Hathaway was, like, in love with him or something, so she was, like, compromised. Her judgment right. yeah, I remember was compromised. That, but Matthew McConaughey says to her when they're having that discussion, he and black scientist guys say, but Dr. Matt Damon's planet, he said it's habitable, too. I don't remember that. I just remember that they got the signal from the planet and that he was the only person still transmitting like an active signal, so they had to go and investigate. Yeah, but the doctor guy she's in love with said his planet was good, and Matt Damon did too, but he's also still transmitting. His beacon's still going. Okay. That, that's why they went. Yeah, and then when they get down there... He's telling him, he's like, telling oh, him like, oh, don't worry about the ammonia clouds and shit. Well, he's it's, saying, yeah. I'm on a mountain, and once you go down the mountain, it gets below yeah, the chlorine gas, right, and right. that's fine. But they, like, you, can, you can check that from orbit. Like, There's no green shit going on, and it looks like a horrible mess. Like, Let's send the robot down first. See, this is where I thought the movie sucked, this, this part. Um, why, why can't people make movies where there's a generous human spirit and that people get along? I mean, Matt Damon ends up being a badass. His character. It just it just ruined the movie. That whole, you know, character development of Damon, who you feel sorry for. They wake him up, and you know he's seen humans again for the first time in I don't know how many years, and then he ends up being a badass um, at the end. Yeah, but if you want to watch a movie where everybody's nice, then there's it's not a movie. There's yeah, no but conflict. It, but, but the whole aspect of the movie was we're trying to save the human race, and that they all coalesce together to do something in unity to create that outcome instead of having some subplot that kind of comes out of left field. It just, it just took the movie in a direction that I thought it didn't Why doesn't it. that make sense, though? Because if you know, you're trying to save the human race and humans are the people doing it, doesn't it make sense that the flaws of people would kind of work against that in some way? I yeah. think that's what Matt Damon's supposed to represent. They, they're trying to save their own race or go to a higher ideal and live up to that, but he's still controlled by all his human failings. Like, he still just wants to survive at the end of the day, which is overpowering to him. I get all that. He can't be it, rational. It just, it just took, it took away from your point earlier, Grant, which was the whole relationship between Matthew McConaughey and his daughter 
over the years. That was the central plot, and his this plot of Matt Damon, you know, ended up being a badass rogue at the end. It just took it in a different place. I didn't I didn't like it. I thought it was distracting. I didn't think it was distracting because you have to you have to up the stakes in the movie. They have to perhaps right. Perhaps. You have to build it to like a climactic ending. Like if they had just gone to the planet and be like, oh, it's not that great, but let's pick you up and just go on to the next planet, it would have been really boring, and it would have been way too long. Yeah, I disagree on on both accounts, I guess. I don't mind that Matt Damon's a bad guy, and I like that he's so he's so dedicated to Alfred's secret mission that he's going to kill people to make Plan B happen, which I guess just involves Anne Hathaway being mm-hmm. pregnant with all the frozen eggs. No, it's just they're, they have artificial incubators. Yeah. On that ship, ship. and when no. they land it, they have all these frozen embryos that they're just going to raise through the artificial incubators okay. or something. Well, whatever. He's dedicated to Plan B, and that's fine. But I thought they kind of just wasted him because as soon as they get down to the planet and Tars or Case, whichever robots down there, they're fucking the same. Says like, I can repair your robot. He's like, No. Oh, he's the bad guy. Like that was is. But he says, like, the robot went nuts and tried to kill him, right? It's such horseshit. He's just like, oh, no, 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 that's okay. That's, that's all right. Don't, no, don't worry about that. It's like, that. the robot's not the one who goes nuts on, like, a long isolation mission. But he's just, you know, oh, well, I can repair your robot. No, 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 it needs a human touch. I can look at it right now. No, it's okay. It's all right. I have to disable him. It, don't act like a creepy, weird asshole if you want to keep your shit under wraps. And he's like giving like, those weird psycho quotes to Matthew McConaughey. He's just like, what are you talking about, man? The guy next to you in the spacesuit starts going on some like Nietzsche rambling rant next to a big crater, and you're not going to take a step away from him and just be like, you're kind of acting weird. Right, we're going to freeze you again. But just something like he's clearly fucking nuts, but they're all like, oh, I'll take him at his word. This planet looks shitty, but he I said was, there was good stuff. I think stuff. they're trying to give the guy the benefit of the doubt because he's been alone for like eight years or whatever. But he doesn't know that. He's been suspended. Wasn't he no, he the time? he was there by himself with the robot for a long time, and then he went back into the stasis thing and put out the distress signal or whatever oh. in the hopes that people would come and find him because he realized he was just going to like die on the planet alone otherwise. Yep. All right, I yeah. missed that. He yeah. got like stir-crazy and made up this crazy plan. He's a big loser. Yeah, his death was really funny. I, I liked his death. And then that was the best scene in the whole movie, I think, is where Matthew McConaughey docks the ship when it's yeah, spinning. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, I like that. That that worked for me. That whole actually and everything that, from, that actually looked real too. Everything from there on, I was pretty okay with because the visuals and stuff were cool. And I actually asked myself, why isn't this movie about Tars? Because he was the best character in that whole portion, trying to help him dock the ship. Maybe a spinoff. Tars is back. But Tars and Matthew McConaughey at the end go to Anne Hathaway's planet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, Tarzan, king of the walking robots. Yeah, I just want to say that Eric Foreman's a bad doctor because he's like, let me check out your lungs. And he shakes his head like, mm-mm, and then walks over two steps to Murph and is like, they're all going to die. Sit down, son. Let me check your lungs out. He's a terrible doctor. How does that mean he's a terrible doctor? It's like he just knows there's nothing he can do about it. A little bit of discretion, not like, oh, sit down, you'll be fine. Hey, they're all going to die. But he didn't tell them that. He just told her. He's put they're two feet away. (laughs) But they they didn't hear him. Yeah. I think they they did. That's why Casey Affleck goes crazy. He's like, we're not leaving. 
get the fuck out. And then she goes crazy and burns on all his crops and is like, I saved the day. I mean, that was Ben Affleck's uh, brother? Yeah, that's Casey? Casey Affleck. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Whoa! He was actually pretty good. They, uh, they couldn't get Ben Affleck. So they didn't they got, have the money. They got the brother then. Yeah, they got like Ben Affleck Jr. So instead of $25 million, they paid two and a half. Uh, well, they got Matt Damon, so they have Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. That's mm. like, it's going to be half your budget gone. Um, let's see. You know, Matt Damon ought to do a movie about space. Oh, I meant he did. I was going to say, yeah, that's, that's an already, that happened. Uh, why, I just understand in the docking sequence, though, why the robots couldn't do it themselves, because I know Matthew McConaughey is the best pilot ever, but it seems like the robots would be, like, making zero mistakes and be able to do all the math and shit. He had to feel it. He had to have feel to make that docking. The robots can only get you so far. At the end, he had to have the feel to get the slot and the hole. That's how I took it. I... I I get why he did it, because he's the best pilot ever, and that's his, his thing. He's a really accomplished mm -hmm. pilot, but it just seemed like the robots could have... I know, that worked for me. I thought it was a great sequence. It was great uh, visuals as well. Looked absolutely real. I thought the stuff after that was probably the best, where he went into the black hole. He and Tars yep. ejected themselves so they, the Anna Hathaway ship could make the slingshot. I don't know. Crossing the event horizon to the black hole and escaping uh, doesn't make much sense to me, but it was cool. Looking. Well, that was... It, it's like, again, we don't know what's in a black hole because we've never sent anything into one and nobody's ever obviously gone into one, so you can kind of just make up whatever you want. No, I'm saying in the black hole is fine. I, I get that that was a weird trans-dimensional experience, but we do know that the event horizon is more or less light doesn't get out of that, so Anne Hathaway's ship probably ain't doing it. But it looked cool, so I'm going to give it a pass. Um, I was actually kind of disappointed when I figured out that it was all a predestination paradox where he had sent himself into space with the books by signaling the gravity anomaly in the first place. Yeah. That was kind of like a, oh, okay. I thought it was an, a neat wrap-up to uh, it. So did I. It was a neat tie together. I mean, you know, it's no less more or less plausible to me than the end of 2001, A Space Odyssey. Which is what they were going for. Right, which is, which, I mean, that sequence where he's, like, in the bed as an old guy and, like, the obelisk is in front of him and stuff, and then he turns into, like, the star kid. Or, yeah. Like, that was, that makes no sense either. And it had, it really didn't make any sense in the context of the movie either. But yeah, then this one actually had a connection to the plot of its movie. Well, I think this is very much like 2001, where it's, Weird shit's happening, and then we're all about science, and then in the last segment of the movie, just plain weird shit. Like, zero to 60 on weird. I thought that this was cool weird shit, though, because they pretty much established that the black hole or the whatever it is is artificial well, in the beginning the, of the is movie. Is the black hole separate from the wormhole? I think they're the same thing that, like, so the wormhole they come out of in the other galaxy... There's a black hole near there. And, and then that, the wormhole is what let them get to the other galaxy. Yeah, the, I, the wormhole is, is you know, not a naturally occurring phenomena. But at the end, the, the black hole, when Matthew McConaughey is done with the bookshelf, he gets shot out of the wormhole back into Saturn's orbit? I think so. Okay, so they are connected. Yeah. I didn't get that when I watched it. Yeah, and... So the the wormhole is artificial, which means that the descendants of the people that were saved actually 
in the far future are able to create these things and put that there kind of as another paradox thing to actually save themselves in the past. So the people who are on Anne Hathaway's planet make the wormhole? Or like the descendants of humans, like many, many, like thousands of years in the future. Because like they, remember they said like, oh, they thought it was like aliens put it there. Like somebody oh, put it oh. there. So you're saying people and, in the future put right. it back in And the that's past. the explanation that I get, like why he's in the library at the, inside the, when they're inside the wormhole or the black hole or whatever, him mm. and Tars. Like that's why it being the library and everything makes sense because it seems like it's an artificially constructed place. And because like the... People in the future knew that that's how they got saved. They created that situation so that Matthew McConaughey could be in there and do the communication with the dust and the books so that his daughter could figure out the equations to get everybody off Earth successfully. It's like really complicated and convoluted. Deep, deep, deep. But that's that's, that's how I got it. You know what? I... I'm just happy Tars lived because he's my favorite character. They they could have just made that a lot, so much simpler. <clears throat> I agree. The simple version was 2001: A Space Odyssey. No, no, that's <laughs> 2001: A Space Odyssey. Nothing is explained. Yeah, but like the simple version would have been like, oh, like he's in a room by himself just doing something, and that's how it works. Instead of like this big, huge, like three-dimensional tesseract library where he's just flying around and stuff into different time periods, like the simple way would have been that. I, I think that there was a, a probably a better way to communicate what is happening and how that fucking wormhole plays into it. Because I don't think you're meant to get it. Like they didn't want to explain it because I think also the people. At that time, like, he and Tars, like, they don't get what the fuck is going on, but they figure out that they can take advantage of that to help his daughter back on Earth, so that's what they did. Like, the only people who really understand it are, like, the future beings who created it. Yeah, you know what? To me, that just seems like the end of Inception. Well, but just like you're never going to understand the, uh, what is it, the uh, the obelisk in 2001? Yeah. You're never really going to understand what that thing is, but somehow it makes apes use tools, right? They never really tell you. Yeah, and that's what works about 2001. Yeah. They have all this kind of like, we're half telling you. Yeah, but that, that works for this too. I'm lost. It, you know what? This is, it's, I, I, just, I don't like Nolanism. I guess that's my problem. It's reminding me of the end of Inception, where it's like, "Oh, is the top going to wobble? I don't know. Oh, we're going to cut two seconds before it happens. He needs to stick to the Batman movies. No. Well, those are over. It's over. Yeah. He needs to go back and do something. And Dark Knight Rises sucked ass, so. Was that the third one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, that was as good as the second one. The, well, the second one is, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's hit your peak. Heath Ledger. Well, he's dead, too. Yeah. They're, they can probably get good. Matthew McConaughey to play him, though, or Casey Affleck. I hear he works mm. cheap. Hmm. Yep. So I'm out of questions. I, I gave up on the movie that when that once he got back to the space station and was like, "Oh, hey, Murph," and she's like, "You should go be with Anne Hathaway." The like, ending doesn't make. Se- I get why they did it, but it didn't make sense. I understand they did it because he comes out of this thing alive after all this, and it's just like, "Well, what the fuck is he gonna do now? Just hang out on the space station they have, or they had to have something for him to do?" And I think they just chose like the most obvious thing, which is, "Oh, go back and help Anne Hathaway." But how is he going back? That's another question. Is he going back in time because Anne Hathaway would be 142 years out of step of what happens on our side of the wormhole? 
too. What I can only imagine that somehow, like, they know how to manipulate time, or they know that him going back through at this point in time is going to take him back to where he was. The people on the station? Yeah. yeah. How could that have happened? Because his daughter's, like, not that old. She's, like, 90, so... Well, she's old enough that she's, like, she dies right after he gets there. Yeah, I know, but, okay, <laughs> but let's say she's, like, 100. Let's say well, she's really old. And she's like, what, 20-something in the movie? Maybe 30? Yeah. So mm-hmm. 60, 70 years have passed? That's just a big fucking stretch for me to go from that to, like, we're just manipulating time willy-nilly. Yeah, but a lot can change in 70 years. I mean, look at, like, 1920 versus 1990. Saying if you, like, take that same level of development and apply it to that, you very well could have people, if they're not manipulating forces like that directly, then they at least know how to take advantage of them with their spacecraft that they have and all that. Yeah, where they can I mean, measure the phenomena. This seemed like Christopher Nolan watched the episode of Deep Space Nine where the old guy comes out of the wormhole 100 years later. Okay. Yeah, this just fucking cop-out horse shit. Again, I think they could have developed the relationship between Hathaway and McConaughey to make it much more of an urgent thing for him to return to see her. Also, just, what happened just to the other doctor? It didn't have any dramatic effect what? for me. What? The doctor on the planet she went to anyway, the doctor she liked. Oh, uh, he was dead. He's dead. Oh, did they say he's dead? No, they just never cleared it up. I assume oh. that he died. Oh, all right. I just Because the lady on the water planet died on impact, didn't she? Yo, yeah, because she... No, no, she she died when the wave hit her. Yeah, or something. Because they were, she was saying that she would have died only an hour ago to their perception because of the time dilation. Yeah. Anyway, I think it would have been a much, much, much better movie for me instead of the A A plus rating that I was hoping I could give it. I give it a B, B minus because it just didn't do much at the beginning. It didn't establish what the hell was going on on Earth. It was hard to follow in the middle bits. And the ending was kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, I give it a B plus, A minus. I thought it was a much better movie than than obviously you thought and... I don't know. I like it. Made me think a little, and I like to think about this stuff when I'm watching it. I'm gonna give it a B slash B minus because I like to think too, but I also like my level of challenge to be consistent. And if you're gonna go hard on making it, you know, scientific, then you're gonna go hard on making it scientific. You can't have it both ways. Well, you got to suspend your disbelief a little and bit because some of this. Like. Well, but that's what you have to do when you go see movies, that's especially sci-fi movies. Science fiction. No, I suspend my disbelief when I see Star Wars because you don't need to explain any of that shit. That's why George Lucas ruined it with the midi-chlorians. But, like, Star Trek, they're making shit up, but at least they're providing some made-up explanation of science. Here they're just saying, you went through the wormhole. Do you want to explain, like, the forces? What do you mean? They have made-up explanations of science in this movie, too. It's the same thing. But they they make up explanations for everything in Star Trek, I'm saying, so they're consistent. But in this movie, it's like, we're not going to explain this, but we're going to explain this. That's my problem. If you're going to do it, do it consistently. Well, like I said, they didn't do that if it got in the way of the story. Which there's things in Star Trek 2 that they don't ever explain because it would have gotten in the way of a story. Yeah, like how transporters work. But they made right. up a thing to get but around But they do that. work. They huh? do work. Transporters work. Yeah, I know, because they work in the show. Because yeah. the special effects people do it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was real. But I'm saying that the people who wrote it made up an explanation for it. They didn't just say, eh. Hey, you know, the, the, other, the other thing I liked about the movie is that I finally got Matthew McConaughey as a, as a lawyer in A Time to Kill out of my head. 
and saw him as an actor that could do other things other than that movie. You know, he's been in other stuff. I know, but I, every time I've watched him in other stuff, I've always kind of like, either that's the Lincoln guy or that's the time to kill lawyer. And this was the first movie where I didn't think about that when I was watching the movie, which actually was good for me. You know, I he did a good job. Guy from I'd, Sahara I'd think of him as Wooderson from Dazed and Confused. Well, yeah. he's just done too much shit. <laughs> the, the 30-year-old guy yeah. trying to hook up with high school girls. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't he succeed? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's not trying then. He's doing it. He's living the dream. He's out of Malibu. Uh, I want to read a message from Justin in the past at the end that he, he wanted me to give his summary of this. We're not really interested. Yeah. I'm very interested. I'm not at all. I'm not. Well, you know what? Fuck you guys. Fuck Justin. He's a clown. Right. He didn't come today. He gets no <laughs> opinion that counts. No, he just says, uh, here we go. Hey, I want to ask you why you made me watch that movie, because it was two hours of my life and not getting back. He doesn't like anything. He's he really does. I'm convinced. What he said. Prick, I'm convinced he? he doesn't like anything. <laughs> I don't know. I think Justin, young Justin's got, uh, he's got his hands on the stick, both hands. He's good. Justin is the unsatisfied little prick. So we're not going to listen to his opinion. You just stopped recording, didn't you? No. Okay. I wanted to have it in there. <laughs> what? I don't know. We've got to figure out what we're going to do next week. His opinion? Yeah. Hmm. I actually had that reaction, too. I have to say, when I watched it, I go, God, that was two hours. I'm not going to get back. And then I thought about the movie a little bit more, and I said, well, you know, I'll give it a B, B minus. Then I got pissed and said, that was a movie that could have been... An A-plus a movie. The movie is definitely worth watching, and I do think it was one of the better movies of the year that it came out. I think it's 2014, but it could have been an hour shorter. Yeah. It was, yeah. Like, it was like almost three hours long. It could have been an yeah. hour shorter easily. No, like Captain yeah. America, Winter Soldier, Yeah, that I watched the other night. Yeah. That was good. That, that was could entertaining. Have, see, like a movie like that, because it was well-paced, could have been four hours, and I would have stuck exactly. with it the whole time. Yeah, same. I had the same reaction. Yep. Well, Nolanism, I guess. Well, you know, maybe we should maybe we ought to review Inception because I guess we disagree about that too. Because I thought that was a great movie. I love that I movie. No, Inception. I don't dislike Inception. Just I, I, at the end where it's like, ooh, it's like one of those dumb, lazy endings. Like you gotta decide for yourself, was it or wasn't it? Like no. But how's that a lazy? How's that a lazy kind of ending to do something like that? That's it's a. Because it's it's try hard. The last the last frame of a movie is thought provoking. How is that bad? It's try hard M Night Shyamalan shit. Like, ooh, was it or wasn't it? Like, you know, what would have been more interesting. It was or it wasn't. That would have been a much. No, but his thing is that he actually tells you what it whether it was or it wasn't during the movie. Like that's the twist, right? In the end. Have you guys you guys reviewed that movie with Mel Gibson and Science? Yeah. Have you? Done that nope. yet? I haven't talked that's about that. That's a good one. We should do that one sometime. Will you that's guys a, that's a movie science? that has like, <laughs> that's a movie that's enjoyable, but it has like a lot of problems. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's good though. It is good. I liked, good. I liked it. It's, that's a, you know what? That, that is probably the most comparable movie to Interstellar with the way the plot neatly wraps itself yes. up and yes. the stuff. Because like all the predictions and stuff like that in the movie, like mm-hmm. they all come to pass in the very end. And it helped. Yeah. But, uh, you and, know what? And I will say Interstellar is, is by far the better movie. In oh, yeah, respect. yeah. I'm not comparing in, in terms of overall quality. Because it, M. Night Shyamalan, the writer of the movie, appears in Signs and says, they don't like water. They don't like water. Surprise. And, oh, I'm going to leave and go to the cabin by the lake and he, he lives through it and then the aliens who have spaceships can't figure out that the earth is mostly water and they can't open fucking doors 
and they flew all that way and they can't work a door handle, that movie is shit. Wow. I fucking I touched hate a nerve. Science. I hate science wow. so much. Oh, it's, it's like Independence Day when Will Smith says, like, do you really think they flew like a million light years to start a war? Yes, I fucking do. Wow. Jeez, why are you so angry about it? Jesus. I thought the, I thought it was cool with the with the, the the special effects and the slithery stuff on the roof. With the puppet? I thought it was great. The, the fucking puppet? And I think the bat, the guy with the bat. Oh, his know. wife who gets smacked, who gets like awesome. truck fucked against a tree. It's and is awesome. like, tell your brother to keep swinging the baseball bat and make sure our weird little girl never puts her glasses of water in the sink. Right. That's, that's <laughs> great. I thought it was a great movie. <laughs> Mel Gibson's good before he lost his mind. He's good in that movie. He's good in that movie because he has funny scenes where he starts eating all their dinner and telling them to stop crying because <laughs> they're going to die tomorrow. Like, that's the funny part of the movie. Well, so, <laughs> I guess, listeners, we are not going to review signs only, at any no, time in the future. We probably will, but no, he's, that's, that's he's the best part of the podcast. Right, but when we review the movies, Mel, they're terrible. Mel Gibson was the only guy in the movie who knew that he was fighting against the. <laughs> He was fighting against the Jewish menace, trying to create all the world's wars. Like oh he, he told God. us in his drunken rant. Ah, uh, there's yeah. The whole part of the movie. Then M Night Shyamalan comes out years later and tries to say it was an allegory that they weren't really aliens; they were demons, and that's all the Catholic metaphor shakes out. Demons then, oh, with spaceships. Barf me, yeah, barf me. That, that's, that's not. No, no. You you come. We have old Justin and new Justin. Let's do signs. Are you here next week? <laughs> I am here. Signs next let's, week. Let's do signs next week. Let's do <clears throat> it. All right, I have to watch it again. That'll be a lot. Get oh, up to date. you're going to enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. I've only seen it about a hundred times, but I can watch it again. You know, don't do his other movies count as sci-fi too? Like his other good movies. Uh, I, the Sixth one... Sense is kind of a horror movie, and I think it's Unbreakable sci-fi. I mean, it, it's like a mesh of sci-fi and comic book. Or... Unbreakable, I think it's kind of it's sci-fi, like fantasy, but mode. they have no explanation for why Bruce Willis is Superman. Right. It seems like it's more fantasy. Yeah. So, okay, so we can't I mean, do that. Unbreakable explores interesting themes, but yeah, we I don't think we can do it. It's too bad because that's his <clears> best <throat> movie. I think. You don't want to talk about the happening. That is science fiction, that is science isn't it? Fiction, yeah, we yeah. should talk about it. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's, watch the happening. Let's do signs next week, and then maybe the happening after that. We'll torture young right. Justin. Signs as is. Signing off. <laughs>